Chapter Eight of Zauberlinda the Wise Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Fullerton Samsell at CloneSofLangston.com. Zauberlinda the Wise Witch by Ava Catherine Gibson. Chapter Eight. Annie meets King Goldemar. After the little girl had cried, and Silvertip had shown his sympathy by purring in her ear and rubbing against her, she drank some of the clear cold water of the stream and washed her face and hands in it. Annie leaned her head down upon Silvertip's soft, warm fur, and tried to think earnestly which direction she had better take to find her way out into the sunlight again. While she bent over Silvertip, making her plans to get away, someone touched her on the shoulder annie looked up this little hillman stood before her he looked into her eyes very steadily but his expression was kind he did not speak but beckoned her to follow him hope sprang up in the tired frightened girl's heart for she thought that the gnome pitied her and was going to lead her back safely home to light and liberty oh how clear to her now seemed that little brown house on the prairie which only this morning she had been glad to get away from and thought so lonesome and poor a place how sorry she felt for all her bad discontented thoughts how happy seemed the careless free life she had led with its pets and friends and everyday tasks holding silvertip closely in her arms she followed her strange guide on they walked through what seemed at least a mile of narrow rocky passageway it seemed to be leading them down deeper into the earth for the ground was always slanting in the direction they were traveling her guide had lighted a queer little round lantern and the bells around his peaked high hat tinkled musically at every step he took annie saw many beautiful things on this her first journey in the underworld on either hand from the walls and roof were hanging beautiful crystals of every form and color here she saw what appeared to be a cluster of the brightest diamonds there were rubies and sapphires just beyond near the floor were thousands of emeralds at one place annie thought she had found a veritable candy room for hanging from the walls were hundreds of white and colored crystals which looked like sticks of candy growing right out of the roof of the cave again they passed through a perfect network of crystals which reminded one of the myriads of petrified cobwebs set with drops of frozen dew just beyond was a chamber of petrified honeycombs all bright and shiny which gave every tone of the cathedral bells when accidentally struck by the staff of the little guide one place in particular so enchanted annie that she forgot all her troubles this was a fairy bride's chamber here just before her and on her left she saw a brilliantly lighted room of splendid design and purest crystal from the walls and ceilings myriads of tiny needles stars triangles and crosses of every kind and color were suspended and every article couch set tea mirror chairs and footstools were set with brilliant gems which shone and glistened in the hidden colored lights like a hundred sunsets and a thousand rainbows but most wonderful of all right in front of them and suspended from the ceiling hung what looked like a beautiful and delicately woven lace curtain all set with diamonds rubies and sapphires this wonderful curtain partly cut off the view of the bride's chamber 
but it was so filmy and delicate that Annie could scarcely believe it was all made of tiny mineral threads and crystal gems. As they journeyed on and on, they saw many other wonderful things, but they had far to go and could not stop to examine everything. Oh, dear me, I am so dreadfully tired, and so hungry, too, and thirsty, cried Annie. Are not we almost home? Her guide shook his head. Then he motioned for her to sit down on a boulder that partly blocked up the narrow road. Annie sank down, glad to rest a minute. The gnome pulled a small gold flask from his pocket, unscrewed the top, which was now a little cup with jewels around the rim, and poured out some milk, which he gave to Annie to drink. It was delicious sweet milk, and she drank two or three cups of it, and gave some to Silvertip. The gnome also gave her some little cakes, which tasted very nice. They were thin and round and small, and were sweetened with honey, and there were nuts in them, and some delicious spicy seeds, a very little like the caraway Annie's grandmother put in cookies, only nicer. She felt much refreshed after her little rest, and so they went on again. But Annie had now given up all hope that the gnome was taking her home. The guide finally took a silver whistle from his pocket and blew upon it three times. Noiselessly, the wall in front of them opened. They saw before them a long and lofty hall, brilliantly lighted with colored lamps in rows all around the ceiling. Annie could not keep from crying out, Oh, how beautiful, as she stepped into the room and looked about her. All around in corners and down the side of the hall were ranged tall vases of silver and gold full of glittering heaps of flashing jewels of every color that could be imagined. She wanted to stop longer, but her guide marched on, beckoning for her to follow. Now they came to two massive doors, and her guide touched lightly what seemed to be a silver rose that jetted out from the center of one of them. The big doors rolled apart, and before them was another large room, beautiful as a dream. Its walls were all of the purest, clearest crystal, which had been cut into a thousand shapes. These edges and points caught and reflected every ray that came from a great ball of light that hung by diamond chains from the dome of the ceiling. Over these walls there crept hundreds of those beautiful little lizards called chameleons. Each one of the pretty creatures wore upon his head a tiny gold crown, which was set with rubies, emeralds, topazes, sapphires, and costly gems of various colors. As these little creatures crept over the walls, among the crystal leaves and flowers, the lights caught up and reflected the changing colors of their translucent bodies and their flashing jeweled crowns. They made such a shimmer and shining and glimmer and glint and gleam that it was more beautiful than even the Dakota sunsets, which Annie had watched many a time with wondering eyes, thinking each splendid glow of color more beautiful than that which went before. Oh, have we come then at last to the end of the Rainbow Road? For surely this must be the palace of the great wise witch Zauberlinda. Here, for the first time, her guide seemed to have found his tongue. For he said, No, this is not Zauberlinda's palace. You are in the realm of King Goldemar, the ruler of the gnomes. Annie scarcely heard him, for she was staring up in wonder at the high ceiling. It was of crystal so transparent and clear that at first she thought there was no ceiling at all, but just the air of heaven with blue and gold clouds in it. 
later she saw that these twisting curling cloud shapes were the most beautiful blue and gold and white serpents transparent as purest air they moved all the time writhing and twisting their slender bodies into ever-changing shapes this ceiling thus became an ever-changing ever-beautiful wonder and every time the cloud-like shapes stirred there followed a strain of music that sounded dreamlike and mellow as though it came from far away this was the only break in the stillness there were no sounds of talking or laughter of children at play or song of bird or hum of insect as annie entered the room the tiny chameleons on the wall turned to look at her with such friendly bright eyes that she longed to coax one of the pretty little creatures to her that she might stroke and caress it so completely surprised and overcome was the child with all this color splendor and beauty that she did not see that her guide was waiting for her to follow him until he called for her to hurry she caught up with him and once more the big folding doors noiselessly rolled apart for them and they stepped into the third room this was a larger apartment than the first or second and if possible still more beautiful the walls of this room were made of shining silver ore and out of them seemed to grow creeping plants and flowers of the prettiest brightest colors annie could not refrain from running up to smell them fancy her disappointment when she found that the flowers were all artificial made from costly gems rubies sapphires and diamonds for the gems are the only flowers of the underworld and with them the cunning gnomes can imitate earthly flowers so perfectly that they deceive the sharpest eye but not the nose annie thought that she would have given more that very minute for one good sniff of the old-fashioned lilac blossoms that burst out every spring from the big bush by their gate at home than for all these cold scentless gorgeous shams the room was full of little gnomes these were the noblemen who composed the court of king goldemar they all looked at her so curiously that annie felt very bashful and timid the people were simply dressed like annie's guide and like him they had earnest intelligent faces with clear beaming eyes as annie entered they all took off their old peaked hats and bowed low this was the throne room of the castle a great golden eagle with diamond eyes was fastened by an invisible cord to the ceiling he held in his bill four diamond chains which held up a throne cut entirely out of one enormous ruby this throne was cushioned with costly white satin and had the king's seal and coat of arms embroidered upon the centre of the back a majestic-looking monarch was seated on this throne although small in stature he had a lofty dignity about him and clear piercing eyes and such a commanding way with him that annie trembled and did not dare to look up this was the powerful king of the gnomes goldemar his hair and beard gleamed like silver and they flowed down upon his long crimson velvet mantle annie trembled like a leaf as they led her before the king and kept her eyes on the floor bring this child of the upper earth still nearer she heard him say at last she stood alone upon the first of the steps that led up to his throne she could hear her own heartbeat thump 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 while she stood there a poor little lonely girl far from home and friends a stranger indeed in a strange land end of chapter eight